I will have a PowerPoint. I'm not blocking anybody on this side, right? I'm a little bit big and awkward, so I can block you on this side. I want to make sure everybody gets a clear view. So what we're, we're going to do today, there was no, um, uh, we're short, uh, very sh- uh, shortly going back into John, Lord willing, but we're still uh, uh, on this break. And so what I'd like to, to look at today is a, is a topic. We started with one of the questions um, a couple weeks ago is about God choosing ahead of time. And if I were to, I don't know what the right word would be. I mean, you could use, I mean, some of the words that we're going to look at, again, this is more like a touching of it. It's not going to be something deep. But I think it's, it's, it's important. But election, when you see these words, election, elect, uh, choosing, especially when it comes before um, a, a previous event, as if looking ahead, foreknowledge, um, uh, for new. And so some of these words we're going to look at. And so if you just want to look at it like this, we could say it's like election. And you say, well, what, what is the, what would be the benefit of me knowing this? And, um, if I were to, um, just, I put this one, uh, let me first turn it on. And then, uh, there it comes. If, if I were to ask a question, uh, especially when, uh, we come across these kind of things because it, it, you can look at the way, uh, I guess, we, uh, as a Christian, right, we can't look at it through because we're looking at it through the lens of now given the Holy Spirit and our worldview is different. But when, when, we, when we don't have that, right, apart from Christ, sometimes people ask this kind of question. Now, of course, they, um, the majority, I think, suppress the truth, right, but outwardly they say that there is no God. But why is it, why is this really happening to me? And this is really a quote from, from, this is a quote from, uh, Romans 9, which also goes back to, uh, Isaiah 20, 29, I believe, or 25. But it's talking about the potter who's making, um, some pottery, a bowl or something. I don't know if that's even a craft these days. I think I did that in, in elementary school. You know, you kind of make something. But the potter, he's, he's, or she, is, you know, pressing on the wheel and shaping it. You know, they have this idea in mind. I like to think of it, if it was me, you know, something like Legos. You know, that's something I used to do. Like, you start piecing together. Now, of course, if I don't look at the instructions, because they have already told me what I need to build with those pieces, so I'm making it myself. So my idea is coming together. Now, you might not see it, right? The potter knows what they're trying to make. But the Paul writes through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, he says, who are you to say back to the potter, why did you make me like this? Like, do you not have any understanding? And Isaiah adds this too. He doesn't have any understanding what he's doing. Like, he, what is exactly is he doing? Like, why is it like this? Well, he does have an idea. He's the master potter. He's, he's, uh, we use this word, um, omniscient. He knows everything. He's all wise. And so, why is it that it's happening? Now, of course, we're asking these questions and I gotta admit at the beginning, um, I don't know. You know, so I, what we're going to do is just kind of touch on some things that we read in scripture. And hopefully, it's more like just to, uh, invite or, um, ignite maybe a study, if you are a true believer, right, of these things. Because there's been a lot of, I think this subject has been maligned a lot. Because you'll have, um, somebody who says, well, you know, this is how science works, right? We observe something. You know, if I pick up this this drum and I just drop it, you know, pick it up, 
I can do this a hundred times. What do you think is going to happen? It's going to keep falling down, right? Because we observe the behavior and we say, oh, why is that? Well, um, what was that guy's name? Isaac Newton, right? The apple on the head and stuff. And he didn't like, he didn't like invent gravity. He discovered it, right? So we discover these things and say, okay, observe behavior, right? Okay, yes. Yes, while I'm here, but what, hold on a second. Now, what if I somehow take a, um, elevator, you know, like, Maybe not an actual elevator, but like Bill and Ted's type of elevator that transports me to the moon, and I go out and I drop the apple. What's going to happen? Or the drum a hundred times? Who knows? It might float away. I've never been there before, right? But science would tell us there's no gravity, there's no forces, and so you know sometimes we 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 try to do things with scripture like this. And I read a comment um, actually it was this week um, because some sometimes these things on. On Yahoo sites or these different um, media sites, trying uh, to grab my attention, but it was something on the Bible. And somebody, I was reading the comments after the editorial, and one of the guys was, or this person was saying, you know, the Bible, it's it's great, you know, it's a great book, you know, you re- but they kind of ratted off a couple of things. But one thing, of course, I don't believe this guy is a or this person is a believer. But what they said is like the Bible, yeah, the first part, the Old Testament, man, it's. It's just so, it's so dreary. It's a, the God is, he's, a, he's going after people and he's, and he's commanding people to kill. And the next, the next part, the New Testament, it's a little better, you know, it kind of focuses on Jesus and they, they almost separate the two people, right? As if God's two different types. And they say, listen, the way he operated here, that can't be the same person as it is here. It is the same person, right? And so we can't always apply, well, this is why I was over here. That must mean how he's going to do it here. It's not always like that. And so when it comes to things like this, especially with God, look at this, and, and this is, I'll just start off by reading this in 1 Corinthians um, 2.10. It says, these things have, uh, these things, God, we're breaking in here because um, uh, we don't have time to expand totally, but these things God has revealed to us through his spirit, this, this knowledge that is talking about in this context, for the spirit searches everything, even the depths of God, for who knows the person thoughts except the spirit of that person which is in him. All, uh, so also, who, uh, no one comprehends the thoughts of God except the spirit of God. So, um, we can, uh, you know, we can kind of, we have uh, counselors and we have, uh, per, you know, professionals out there that try to relate to us. And they do somewhat of a good job and sometimes we express our feelings to one another, you know. And, and sometimes they can give us some, maybe some life experience they went to and it can apply to us, right? We have the ability to kind of meet on some ground, right? Because we're of the same spirit, right? We're people. Now, what if, what if you were, uh, going into the counselor's office to get some counsel and then as you open the door, there was a horse standing there? I mean, how would you feel about kind of telling the horse your problems? I mean, maybe it, it, it kind of make you feel relaxed. You can get on him and ride him around or something, you know. You, you can get some comfort. Right, no, listen, I, 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 maybe there's a little bit I was saying as a joke, but, you know, sometimes people do re- receive some kind of warming emotion from, you know, some kind of animal, but an animal can't relate to you. Why is that? They're of a different spirit. Honestly, they're feral, right? I mean, we, we tend to pretend like we can uh, des- uh, domesticate some animals, but they're not like us. And when we talk about God, that we can't come on. Now, he made us in his image, right? Now, of course, man is now fallen. But who now is going to restore that connection? And who's going to explain to us? It's not going to be us. We can't 
even understand because we're not of the same spirit. It has to be, according to this verse, the spirit of God. And so when we come to uh, such subjects, really the entire Bible is like that, right? We can't, again, going back to the science experiment, we can't just observe the way things are done in the Bible and say, listen, this is exactly how it is because I observed it here and on my own uh, intellect, I'm going to make this decision. That's how we can get into trouble, right? That's why that subject sometimes is misaligned about it because we try to fit in what the Bible is saying, what our theology is or what we think it should say, and then we get, we, we totally lose what the Bible is talking about. And so when we talk about this, this subject, right, it's the Holy Spirit that reveals these things to us. And so I do personally confess that I don't, I don't know a lot, right? And so I will say that, um, I'm not going to take a strong stance on anything. And I don't want anybody to get scared or anything. I'm not going to, uh, this is not going to be that kind of conversation. This is more just kind of looking at it because I think it's a subject that we all at some point will cross sometimes, especially, um, believers and, uh, unbelievers and believers alike that, you know, we go through these things in our lives and sometimes we think, man, why is, why is this happening? Why is God allowing this to happen sometimes? And, you know, think about it at the beginning of, of our history, right? As God was sitting there and he's making and he's shaping Adam in the ground and he's, this is now after, right, five or six days, I guess five and a half days of creating this entire universe that we see and piecing it together and all the laws that make sense to us and keep it in balance and God that holds it together and as perfect as it is, and then he's going to introduce this person who he's going to have a special relationship with. And think about this. If you are in his shoes, knowing ahead of time that he knows ahead that this person's going to reject you and then bring in corruption into your creation, why would you continue going on and making him? Think about it. I mean, he knew ahead of time that this was going to happen. And sometimes people say, well, now, if God knew ahead of time, that means he must have allowed sin in this world. He didn't. But he knew ahead of time this was going to happen. And yet he brought in, right, that allowed Jesus Christ to come into this world. Right? I mean, it's just, when we think about these things, it's just amazing that, you know, the point is, is that God is choosing and that we still have a responsibility. But we're getting ahead of ourselves. But again, God knew ahead of time. It's not that he didn't. It's not like it took him by surprise and say, well, you know, oh, there's a storm outside. Well, I better bat, batten down the hatches. It doesn't, it's not like that when it comes in. He knew ahead of time this was happening. So God is all powerful. God is all, uh, uh, all, um, wise. But when we come to these things, is why have you make this? So we're just going to ask ourselves a few questions and we don't have a lot of time already. So that was just the beginning. So let's just get through at least some of this and, uh, I'm not a um, a scholar, especially when it comes to... Does this have a pointer here? Uh, no. Okay. So when it comes to um, looking at the original language, I think I, I like it because sometimes you can come across some of these words and your version translate it this way, but it, it also can encompass other things. And so... The, what's in, in italics is the, is the word uh, that the Greek is, is the Greek word, right, in the ancient Greek. Now, uh, I don't know who is, uh, is really good at pronouncing ancient Greek, but I will try to uh, say it in the English, uh, English way, uh, progenosis or prodoskos, or but 
Anyway, it's foreknowledge, right? And the idea is, uh, when we come across, remember we talked about these terms, is to know before. There's four uses, at least in the ESV version, of these two words. Like, you can find them. Um, does anybody have their Bible open? Okay. Uh, Gary, do you want to just read really quick out loud uh, Acts 2.23? Let's look at, this is just one example of this word. Nice and loud for anybody. Everybody. Okay, so <clears throat> this is, um, Jesus now has, just a little background, Jesus now has, has come, uh, come into this world. He uh, was delivered over to um, a false trial, right? His people who he was the Messiah of and the people who he came to um, save, they rejected him. And they set him up in this mock trial and they had him killed as a criminal. And so now after, his disciples now have been empowered by the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit is now pointing back and, and using the things that they experienced to go uh, spread the message of the gospel. And this is what the, he's saying. He says, listen, what just happened was already, God already knew it ahead of time. Now, if sometimes if you start thinking of these things, this is all hypothetical. It's almost like you're, you know, cooking an egg on your head because your head will start... <laughs> At least mine, it'll start getting so like worked. Like, how in the world does this happen? And I just got to confess that these two things exist: God knowing ahead of time, and yet at the same time, those people didn't want anything to do with Jesus. They set up the false witnesses. They they worked up the crowd to get him put turned over. He was innocent. The guy who they turned him over, the Gentile guy, had no idea what was going on with the Jews. They knew ahead of time that they were looking for the Messiah. He had a part in it. And everybody else that had it, they had a part willingly. And so God ahead of time knew this was going to happen, right? And he turned him over, right? God the Father turned the Son over to be delivered to these people, these wicked men, to be put to death. They knew this ahead of time, and he went willingly, right? And it wasn't that he just puppet them, right? It seems when you read the story, they made the choice themselves, it wasn't that God made them make that choice. They chose it themselves. And so as you see these things work together, God knowing ahead of time, and yet they had the responsibility and they put him, you know, they carried out that plan. And so the plan of Jesus coming down and, and, and rescuing us, remember, that, that creation that he made in the garden, right, that would, would ultimately uh, uh, kick their heel, as it were, and say, we don't want anything to do with you. The way he, they, he, would, he would redeem them and bring them back was that his son would come down and be mistreated and be put to death and die on a cross for their sins. And they would put them to death by their own hands. But God ultimately was knew that ahead of time, right? And they, he delivered them over, him over to them to be able to do that. And so that's foreknowledge. Oh, one ahead. Uh, there's another one. Uh, it, along the same lines, and it's predestinate or predestination, uh, you can see, uh, predestined. And, and the idea of this word is to mark out beforehand. Uh, there's, in the ESV, again, there's only five uses of it. And this is, uh, does anybody else have their Bible would like to read? I'd like to get a break. Uh, Jamal, you got your Bible open? Okay. Acts 4, 27, 28. 
do whatever your hand and your purpose determined before to be done. Okay, again, along the same vein. Um, it, it sounds a lot alike, right? To know ahead of time, but God marked out beforehand what was going to happen, and yet you see these people willingly, right, going and doing it themselves, making the choice, and yet God laid it out um, ahead of time, right? So there's the uh, there's predestination. Let's get through this. And then um, uh, the next one is election. Uh, election also uh, has the idea of picked out or chosen. Did I spell it wrong? I think I did. Chosen. Chosen? Um, chosen, right, of, of picking somebody out. Um, it's not also, uh, election isn't necessarily in, in connection only with something that happens beforehand. You know, we, it, you can find the word, uh, you know, Matthias was, was chosen, right, elected, but it, 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 when, um, Judas was off the scene and they needed to find a new apostle and this is the way they did it. But it, if you just look at, now of course, these are just the uses in the New Testament because especially when we get to the next one, um, looking at chosen, 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 um, there's a lot more, especially when it comes with Israel. But uh, uh, Romans 9, uh, 11. Um, does somebody else have their Bible open or like to read? If not, I will do it. Okay, uh, Romans 9, 11. It says this. It says, And they were not yet born... This is just breaking right in, talking about um, Jacob and Esau. They were not yet born and done nothing good or bad, but in order that God's purpose of election might continue, because uh, not because of the works, but because of him who calls. And so even before um, Jacob and Esau were, were even born, it says now this is harking back to the beginning of our, of our Bible, but God chose them for a particular purpose. He chose Jacob, right? Eventually, Messiah came through, but he chose Jacob for a particular purpose, and it's the idea of choosing. And last, along the same line, is chosen. And um, this is in First Peter 2, 4, again, talking about the Lord Jesus, but the, the world has rejected Jesus, but God has chosen him. And so what God thinks and what God says, right, means more than what the consensus opinion is, right? The consensus opinion of this world is that that Jesus was a nobody, that, you know, they tried to whisk him away, that he wasn't this, he wasn't that walking wire that never happened. But what God feels about him is that what God says about him, right, matters more in what will, what will happen later, right? And so God's opinion of his son is that he is a chosen one. And so when we, when we come to this and say, well, okay, what's the, what's the purpose of all this? Like, why, why are we even looking at it? Again, um, you might have a different reason. Sometimes it's in defense, of the Bible that you look into this. Um, sometimes it's more, like I said at the beginning, you, you go through uh, um, some kind of situation and you're wondering why this is all happening. Well, you know, again, we know who does this, who has this power and who chooses ahead of time is the Lord Jesus. But I just want to, uh, is, is God. I want to, um, I just want to read one verse and before we answer that question of, of uh, uh, or we hope to answer that question, is why this is happening. And this is, again, talking about one of our, in our terms, this is in Ephesians. You can make note of this if you want. Ephesians chapter 1, it says this. <clears throat> it says, we'll just read 3, 
just for context, blessed be God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us in Christ and that every spiritual blessing in heavenly places, even as he chooses, as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be wholly blameless before him. Now catch this. In love, he, predestin- he predestinated us for the adoption and so on. And so we have a couple of terms there, right? So before the foundation of the world, right, before he even framed Adam and breathed in him the breath of life, it says that he chose us, right, the believers, uh, beforehand. Now, you might come and say, say wow, you know, that's, that's pretty deep and, and so on. But um, my point in all this is that the, the key phrase I want to say in the end, this is right at the end of four, it says, in love. Now, think about this. I think uh, we can we can try to wrap our mind around is that, you know, when when you have something, uh, say for instance you buy some kind of product, and um, it especially when we, when we get into uh, something that's more expensive like a house or a car, and you come across some kind of defect, well, how do you handle it? You return it. You try to fix it, right? Sometimes sometimes we try to get another one, right? But when we come to uh, when God made human con- when he, human beings, right? He didn't just stomp them out and say, "Let me just try again with new ones. Let me just try again with more robotic-ish type that kind of do exactly as I prog- them, programmed them to do, right?" Because as He's making Adam and knowing ahead of time that He's going to uh, make a poor choice not long after, right? God desired a relationship with Him. He had a free will, right, to choose God or not to. Can you, I mean, Adam was in, Adam had no idea what sin is at this time, but he had the choice, right? And so what God, it gives us an idea what God was looking for, right? He wasn't looking for programs that just kind of walk and talk and as he sees fit, right, as a puppeteer, right, as he's moving around. He wanted a relationship with his creation. And so he created Adam, knowing ahead of time he was going to go out and do that and, and reject him, right, and, and say, listen, what you said and what you said is best for my life. You know what? I think I know a little bit better. People are still saying that today. They still kick back at God and say he doesn't know anything. He doesn't know any better. He doesn't even know. And we try to, you know, uh, 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 the world tries to get rid of him some way with science, and they try to philosophy, and they say, yeah, he never existed. He doesn't know anything. The way, and, and sometimes they even look at the world and they say, listen, if he's all powerful and he's all good, how can he allow all this evil happening? It says, you know what? He's not that because of this, right? They kind of use their reasoning. Of course, it's all tainted. But God had this ability. He want, I mean, he wanted a relationship with man. And knowing ahead of time that they were going, he was going to reject him, what he had for his life, right, with man, instead what he did, instead of stamping them out and starting over, he would allow his son to come into this world. And allowed them to clench their fist later and punch him right in the face. A perfect individual, their creator. And to get so close to him that they can rip out his beard. And then take their mouths and in anger spit in his face. And you know for what? So he can redeem mankind back to himself. I tell you, when you read something like this, in love he predestinated it. So we come to this subject and we say, we start attributing to God and we start using our intellect and we say, well, you know, I don't know if he's all this. We gotta come back to the scripture. When we come to this subject in love, he did these things. In love. And so God always operates in this manner. He will always operate in this manner. Regardless of how I feel, 
my situation. Sometimes, I was just telling Ben this, uh, fail, I went through a, um, a thing at work, but there was something that was unfair that was happening, and I started thinking, man, uh, this is inside. Now, you know, this thing is happening, and this is unfair. God doesn't, you know, sometimes you start thinking, oh, God doesn't care sometimes in the moment. He does. It doesn't, he doesn't stop like we do. Sometimes, you know, we operate things in, on, a, on a give and take relationship. Well, you know, I kind of love you as long as you can give me something in return. That's not the way God operates. So he has thrown out his love throughout the whole world. And what has the world done sometimes? Sometimes they say, oh, we don't want it. We don't want anything to do with you. And so he doesn't get anything back from it sometimes. But what he looks for, right, is those individuals, like some in this room, right, I trust, that know the Lord Jesus Christ as their Savior, that want him, that want a relationship with him, and have responded to his call that he wants all men to come to him and to be saved. Right? Even though we have this subject of choosing, and God cho- uh, uh, has, has chosen ahead of time, and beforehand we start thinking, well, yes, if he's already made that choice, then what is my responsibility? Your responsibility and mine as unbelievers, right, is to respond to his call, that all men to be saved. He wants them to come back to him. And the way he's done it, right, we've been talking about the Lord Jesus Christ has come and died on the cross for you. But now as believers, right, uh, we talked about this in our um, in, in our question a couple weeks ago, but uh, Romans 9, um, Pharaoh, right, he designated Pharaoh for a, a great purpose. This is the ancient king of Egypt, Um God's chosen people were, went down into this country because it, uh, they were, there was a famine. There was no food, so Egypt had food. One of uh, Jacob's sons have already gone in the head. They went down 400 years later. There's a new king that came over them, and they enslaved the entire race of uh, Israelites. There's about one million of them. And they were, they were there enslaved. And at the time that God was going to deliver them, the king's name, which was Pharaoh, it says this in Romans. This is ahead of time we even know about it when we read the story. It said that he designated Pharaoh for his glory. You say, wow, what a great, uh, what a great task. Like, if there's any purpose in life, it's to give glory back to my creator, the one who gave me purpose. But you know what we read about Pharaoh? He continually said, no way. I don't want anything to do with your plan. I have set myself up. I'm going to be, in a sense, my own God and make my own decisions. And God said, fine, if you want to do it that way, guess what? That's where we get the ten plagues. He kept saying no to God, no to God, and he eventually, right, did, was God glorified in his choice? He absolutely was. But you know what? Pharaoh had the choice to say, yes, I, I mean, this is all hypothetical because this is not the way it happened. But he could have agreed, and he could have praised God in a different way, and he could have agreed with what God had for destined in his life and what he chose them, but he chose a different path. And again, right, we have the responsibility, right, as human beings, this is what we can talk about, is to respond to what we read in the script, in the scripture. Yes, uh, when we come that God has chosen, He has, has lined out ahead of time, He has marked out ahead of time what's going to happen. But it's our responsibility too, to still respond to Him. It's not that, well, if God just chose me, I'm just gonna go on and, and, and live my life and keep walking the way I want to do. You know what? You're doing the same thing. That's a big lie, right? Because you know what? You're doing exactly what God's enemy wants you to do, right? The devil is that he has uh, aligned himself against God, right? And so we're actually following out what he does. But um, we have the responsibility, right? Even 
as unbelievers, right, to respond to him in salvation, but as believers now, doesn't change, right? God has called us to himself, has redeemed us, but now when we come across things, right, we have the responsibility to respond to him, right, to respond to him. And so, yes, uh, when we come to this subject, again, <clears throat> it might have been a little confusing, but my point, and just to bring this out, is that when we come to these things, it is difficult, but to remind ourselves that in love he does these things. In love, he does these things. And what is my responsibility? Well, what, what am I supposed to do with this? Well, we're supposed to respond to him. He is not willing. With, it says this um, before the Lord Jesus Christ went to the cross, uh, actually shortly before. He, um, he went up to, this, uh, up to the mountain, and he looked over this city that not long after right, was going to be just riled up against him. Now, think about this. Uh, the Lord Jesus spent three and a half years uh, basically giving that region of this earth the very best health care this planet has ever seen. Any kind of disease, any kind of problem, they could have just touched sometimes the hem of his garment. They could have, he, he was healing everybody. right? There has not been that kind of health plan this planet has ever seen except for that time period that when the Lord Jesus Christ was here. That kind of... Now, can you imagine... If that existed today, everybody would be flocking to that part of the country, of the, of the world, right? If there was that kind of person there that could do that, everybody would be there. And so you can imagine, of course, media was a little bit different, right? There was no social media that didn't get spread around. But people knew, right? People knew that this existed. And it, not long after, they were going to take him and then put him to death. Can you imagine? But he looked over the city, right? <clears throat> And knowing ahead of time, this is Jerusalem, he looked over and he says, in a sense, that I am willing to take you back to myself, but you would not. So God wants the entire, right, human, humankind, right, to come back to him, but they have said, no, thank you. In, in the majority, right, there are some here today, uh, that have responded to him, but majority of his creation has said, no, thank you. I'd rather go on living my life apart from you. And you know what the end result is, right? There's a place that's created that God did not designate his creation to go. I'm going to talk about man. It was a place created for the original uh, rebellion before us, before we rebelled against our creator, but the angels that rebelled. There was a place that he created where he chose not to be, right? Where he was not going to be, said, fine, you want to be in a place that I'm not? Here, you can go and have it. And that's where, that's where the end result is. There's a place. I mean, there's more said about hell in the Bible than there is about heaven. I mean, just think about that. And so it is real, right? There is a, there is a penalty and there is a place. If we want to keep on going on and rejecting and have nothing to do with our creator and say, no, thank you, I'm better off. You're not, right? That's a big lie. Who knows better about your life and who knows better about purpose? than your creator, who has given you purpose, right? He brought us into existence. He knows what's best. We have a problem, and it's sin. And the Lord Jesus Christ is the remedy. And so our responsibility is to respond to his call, to come to him, right? He wants a relationship. And so let's close in a word of prayer. Our Father, we just thank you for um, this time, Lord. Sometimes we come to this subject, and it's, it is difficult sometimes to understand because we at least I'll speak for myself, we want to try to understand everything and why this is happening. And, and God, 
we just got to admit that we, we don't have to know everything, right? We're just so thankful to know that you do things out of love and that you operate and move um, for, the, for our benefit. And so, Father, we just pray that um, we just would get to know you more, Lord, and just as a, as a whole, Lord, expand that relationship, Lord, and not neglect what we have before us. And so just bring us home safely. And the Lord, just name we pray. Amen.